Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me today. Man, what? That sleep hit different, didn't it? Lakers' first playoff win since May of 2012. Lakers dominated the Blazers 111-88. to Pretty much everything they did wrong in Game 1, they came back and did it right. Great defense, good shooting, great performance from Anthony Davis. LeBron James didn't even have to exert himself all that too much on offense. Um, All-around great game from the Lakers, so let's get into it. All right, so let's jump in to the Lakers' offense from last night because in Game 1, it was absolutely abysmal. And the Lakers really came in and turned it around. And a lot of it was just hitting open shots, which really isn't all that special. They didn't have to do anything too crazy. Um, But they were able to get open shots and hit open shots. So looking at the stat line, um, Anthony Davis went 3 for 4 from 3, shot 75%. He was 13 for 21 overall, shooting 61% from the field an absolutely great performance had 31 points 11 rebounds i believe yep 11 rebounds three of those offensive rebounds um going down the list kcp he was i mean he's the big the big name from um game one went 0 for 9 absolutely awful performance he turned things around he scored 16 points on five of eight shooting Four of six from three-point line. Absolutely great performance from him. And then it, it was pretty... The Lakers had a pretty um, even spread from from the entire team, which was awesome to see. LeBron James, you know, played 26 minutes, only had 10 points, um, shot four for 11, four for 11. so not, not, not the best, but um, he didn't have to do anything too crazy, which was, which is great. You know, if we can limit LeBron, if we can limit the the amount of effort he has to put in in the, this first round matchup against the Blazers, then we that just allows the Lakers to save his energy for the the next the next rounds coming up, whether it's the Rockets, whether it's the Clippers, and if they make it to the finals, Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, you name it, we're going to need a fresh, healthy LeBron that can dominate when needed. So Great offensive performance. I mean, even JaVale McGee, 10 points, 8 rebounds. Um, what else here? J.R. Smith, he got some great... He played... J.R. Smith played 21 minutes, you know, and a lot of that had to do with the Lakers just coming in, getting the job done, putting their foots on the necks of the Blazers and not letting up, which was great. It was awesome to see. I mean, the pace of the game was amazing. The Lakers were um, running and... They were getting open shots, making those open shots, getting to the basket, getting rebounds, and just kicking it out, really trying to run and tire out the Blazers and get as many open looks as they possibly could. So like they were really in control this entire game and got up to the got up to a big lead and kept it. So, you know, we got J.R. Smith, he came in, he had eleven points, he shot thirty-three percent from behind the arc, and then, you know. Dwight Howard, nine points. Kyle Kuzma, seven points. Uh, I mentioned JaVale McGee, 10 points. You know, just a great even spread from the team, which was awesome to see. 
Um, and really Anthony Davis was, was the, the star of, of the, of the evening. Um, he was doing everything from hitting threes. Like I mentioned, 75% from three, he was running the floor. He was taking the ball inside, getting fouls, getting and ones. Um, he only actually had two free throw attempts, but made both of them. Um, he had a beautiful move. I think it was his last basket of the night. He got the ball mid range around the baseline, uh, pump faked, did a little dribble, spin move, step back, drained it. Um, just a beautiful, you know, I tweeted out that <laughs> a human being the size of Anthony Davis shouldn't be able to move so gracefully. It was, it was absolutely beautiful. Seeing Anthony Davis play a game like that, where he's really just in his zone playing his game is really a beautiful side to see. And the Lakers did it. A lot of, a lot of it was through good passing. They had great spacing. They would set screens and they passed the ball. They weren't settling for Anthony Davis trying to go one-on-one to get open. We weren't settling for LeBron James trying to go one-on-one to get to the basket or get open. Um, A lot of it was through great passing. And I think the Lakers, if they can continue this, then this this is a championship level effort last night. The Lakers came out. They had they knew what they needed to do. They passed the ball. They they set screens. They were running the court, and it was just it was beautiful. So I think this is what we were hoping for from the Lakers since the whole restart. They finally showed us that they can do it. Let's hope they can stay consistent with it. But I think, I think overall, they're. Let's hope they're in their zone and they keep they can keep it up, and Anthony Davis can keep up the good play. He can stay in a rhythm. We can get KCP to stay in a rhythm. Keep hitting those threes, and and just keep going at it. You know, I think the Blazers defensively they they aren't. They aren't a great defensive team by any means. So the fact that the Lakers were struggling in game one, I really don't don't think it had to do a lot or even at all with the Blazers playing good defense. It was just the Lakers missing open shots. And the, the worry really was if the Lakers are in a rut and can't get into a rhythm, then then maybe we have a problem. You know, if you can't hit shots, then obviously you can't score points and you can't win games because the Lakers defense overall has been pretty stellar. The first quarter in game one, like I mentioned, was in the previous episode was pretty abysmal. The Lakers were letting the Blazers get open shots, get to the basket. They just weren't really up for the game. It looked like when the game started, they turned things around. They settled. They, they were able to to slow down Lillard and CJ McCollum and, and kind of claw their way back. But it was kind of too little too late in game one, game two, they kept it up. They were, um, they were just playing their game, keeping Lillard and McCollum from scoring and, and really executing well on the defensive end. So defensively, I wasn't too worried, but it was really the offense. So, it's a great sign to see the Lakers clicking again, hopefully in a rhythm. Um, Anthony Davis playing well. 
KCP hitting threes, Markeith Morris hitting threes, even J.R. Smith hitting threes. Because if J.R. Smith can can come in and get, you know, even he played a lot of minutes this game because the Lakers were up by so much. But, you know, in a close game later on in the playoffs, if, if you know, J.R. Smith can play a handful of minutes, come in and hit some threes, then that could be extremely, extremely um, useful for the Lakers. So offensively, the Lakers played amazing last night. It was a beautiful thing to see. So let's keep let's hope the Lakers can can keep it up. Lakers Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Lakers' defense. I mentioned it a little bit in the first segment, but the Lakers have been playing pretty good defense ever since the first quarter of Game 1. The Lakers are doing a good job at limiting Lillard and CJ McCollum from getting open, easy buckets. They're good players. They're going to hit, you know, you get a hand in their face, they're going to hit hit shots. In game one, um, Lillard had a couple threes where he was out in no man's land in the parking lot and just drained them. Even in, in looking back at both of those, I think there's one where Anthony Davis was able to get a hand up. Wasn't like right up in his face, but was able to get a hand up to, to try and close out the shot. And then I think in the other one, Dwight Howard was, was in there and was again, not like right in his face, but was able to get a hand up. Um, and so like we were, we're doing a pretty good job at like staying in front of and not giving them open looks and they'll hit good. They'll hit shots. They'll hit hard shots. They're good. They're good offensive players, but, but the Lakers have overall have done a great job. And then last night, which I don't, I don't know if I noticed them doing this in game one, but Last night in game two, they did a fantastic job at picking up both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum um, really early uh, early on in the backcourt. So they crossed half-court line, and immediately we had at least a guy right up in his face, if not another guy coming in to kind of help to almost almost like trap. It wasn't like a full-on trap, but it was kind of – and it wasn't even really a full-on double team necessarily – but coming up to like, because we honestly like, again, I don't know if this is for sure the Lakers strategy, but I would imagine from my perspective, I, I'd rather double team, double team Lillard, make sure there's a guy on McCollum. And if the Blazers are going to score points with their big men down low, I'd rather take those buckets than three pointers from Lillard and McCollum. Because um, if they're out of rhythm, then the, the Blazers team is out of rhythm. Um, and we saw that last night. We saw that we got Lillard out of rhythm. We got McCollum out of rhythm. And the team kind of crumbled offensively. Um, let's see, looking at the Blazers' stats, Lillard, Damian Lillard was the Blazers' leading scorer with 18 points. He shot 6 of 14 from the field and only 1 of 7 from 3. And then CJ McCollum, same, pretty much similar stats. He shot 6 for 16 from the field, one from five from three. And as a team, 
the Blazers were 40% from the field, so not terrible, pretty good, and 27% from three. So surprisingly enough, they still shot and played better than the Lakers did in game one. In game one, the Lakers shot 35% from the field and only 15.6% from three. Um, And yeah, so the Blazers still shot better than the Lakers did in game one, but it was all about they couldn't get into a rhythm. We were keeping Damian Lillard from getting into a rhythm and CJ McCollum, and that even stemmed down to guys like, you know, Gary Trent, he had eight points. He shot pretty well. He shot for three for seven um, from the field and two for four from three. So 42%, 50%. So like shooting wise was pretty good, like a pretty good efficiency, but he only ended up with eight points in 20 minutes. So he wasn't really able to get into a rhythm or wasn't able to to um we were by trapping and by getting in the faces of Lillard and McCollum it just wasn't allowing their offense to get into any sort of rhythm or even like it wasn't even to a point where because the thing is like if Lillard is one-on-one with a defender say like KCP Lillard can break him down try and either he has a bunch of options he can break KCP down to try and open up himself for a jump shot, which he is stellar at. He can break, try and break KCP down to drive to the basket to either get a layup or then if not a layup, then kick it out to someone like Gary Trent Jr. or Carmelo Anthony for, or, or CJ McCollum for like a three pointer and Lakers rotations and, and defensive schemes was brilliantly done in a way to stop that from happening. So um, Carmelo Anthony, who's been playing pretty well in the bubble and and shooting really well, had an abysmal game shooting. He only scored two points. He shot one for six from the field and was 0 for 1, 0 for 1 from three. So the Lakers did such a good job at rotating, staying in front of their guys, not letting Lillard and McCollum do their thing to the point where they could either themselves get points or um, they could get the ball to, to their teammates for open buckets. So really everything, because even, even in game one, the Lakers defense was, was played well enough to, to hold a team that was averaging well into the hundreds of points to only score a hundred points, you know? And, And that's just how bad the Lakers offense was in game one was like, they held the Blazers down to 100 points and still couldn't beat them, you know. And they lost by seven. Like they, they, if they just shot a little better, they would have won that game. So I mean, the Lakers' defense the, these first two games has been has been stellar against a team that is very, very efficient and high powered offensively. And the fact that both of these games haven't been high scoring barn burner type type games um it's a great sign for the rest of the series if the lakers can just keep it clicking offensively and going back to offense really quick i forgot to mention this but the lakers like comparing their stats from game one to game two so in game one 
because I didn't have the stats in front of me when I was recording my podcast um, recapping game one. But in game one, the Lakers as a team shot 35% from the field. They, um, you know, the guys, LeBron shot 45%, so pretty good. Anthony Davis shot 33%, so not that great. Um, obviously, the worst of it was KCP going 0 for 9. And then from three-point land was was where it was just absolutely absolutely abysmal. They shot, as a team, only 15% from three-point line. So then looking at how they adjusted and played in game two, the Lakers, as a team from the field, shot 47.8% from the field. So 12% better. And then... And then as a team from the three-point line, three point line, they shot 36.8%, which like still isn't like as good as some of the best teams, best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. But compared to the 15.6%, they more than doubled their, their three-point shooting percentage in game two. And that was the that was a huge difference. I wouldn't say that that was necessarily the key the biggest key of the game for the lakers but it was definitely a huge huge difference in helping the lakers get um just get rolling and get going from from offensively and and just keeping the blazers at bay and not letting them really get into the game um and a couple of other things to add that the lakers did well was was their offensive rebounding. And this is something that they've been doing that I noticed they were doing well in game one as well. And they just weren't able to finish or they weren't finishing, but the offensive rebounding has been really impressive, especially considering that, that the Blazers have been trying to counteract the Lakers because the Lakers are a big team for the NBA, you know, pretty much at all times they have, it's, it's been rare to see Anthony, Anthony Davis play the five. So, Typically, we'll have both Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee or or Dwight Howard on the court. Um, so, in order in order to counteract that, the Blazers have been throwing out Nurkic and Whiteside at the same time, or some of their other bigs. And so, like they've been, they've had big guys down there, and the Lakers have done a great job at grabbing offensive rebounds, whether tipping it off of a miss to another teammate or just grabbing it down low. Um, and in game one, there, there's a lot of them where they grabbed and they just couldn't convert it back to a point. Whereas um, last night, I think Anthony Davis just to start the game in the first two quarters had three um, like put back dunks. And then Dwight Howard and jo- JaVale McGee have been great on the offensive glass overall. So that's been, that's been huge. I think overall they just, they've just done a great job at, you know, aside from the awful shooting in game one, they've done a good job at dominating both defensively and in the in the hustle categories, like offensive rebounds and and forcing turnovers, things like that. So I feel much better, as all of you should, after last night's win um, and just dominating win. So it was great to see that. Great to feel. And in the first... First Lakers playoff win since since May 2012. It's been over eight years since we've been able to enjoy 
uh, a Lakers playoff win. So let's hope that the Lakers can can uh, continue on, continue with their great shooting, continue with their great defense, and just put the Blazers away so then we can move on and focus on the next round. All right, so let's take a look at what's just been going on around the rest of the league in the playoffs. So on Wednesday, the Raptors took care of the Nets 104-99. So Toronto, um, well, actually, as I'm recording this, I think the game against the Nets and Raptors just ended. Yep, so the Raptors also beat the the Nets today 117 to 92 so they, they lead that series three to three to nothing right now and looks like they'll end up sweeping the nets um so going back to wednesday the jazz came out and and dominated the denver nuggets they won that game 124 to 105 so it looked like i was wrong um the last episode i said that i didn't think that the jazz had it in them to really uh get a win over the nuggets and that the nuggets would start to take over the series so that looks like that that's turning out to be a fun series to watch. Um, the Celtics, they pretty much dominated the Sixers. They won 128 to 101. So they lead that series two to nothing. Um, and then the Mavericks actually beat the Clippers 127 to 114. So that series is now tied one to one. Um, you know, as a Lakers fan, it's great to see, great to see the Clippers lose. Happy about that. It'll be uh, fun to see how the rest of that series goes, but but um, Porzingis and Luka Doncic have been have been playing playing some great basketball, and uh, Kawhi looks like he had thirty five and ten in that game, and I think Paul George really struggled in that game. So it'll be inter- interesting to see how he and the rest of the team bounce back. Um, I think in that one also Patrick Beverly was was sitting out, so. Um, they were kind of losing out on some some good defensive play, so that's another one to keep keep an eye out for to see how that goes. Um, and then yesterday, the Heat beat the Pacers, so the so the Heat are leading that series two to nothing. Um, the Rockets beat the Thunder one eleven to ninety eight, so the Rockets lead that one two to nothing. And then the Bucks came out and dominated the Magic one eleven to ninety six. So kind of in a similar vein as the Lakers, they had lost the first game to the Magic. Um, so that series is now tied 1-1. to And then, of course, obviously yesterday the Lakers beat the Blazers 111-88. to to So, um, uh, yeah, and then as I mentioned today, the as I'm recording this, the Raptors, that game just finished. So the Raptors won 117-92. And currently we have the Jazz and Nuggets going as I currently speak. So watch out for those games. and And then looking forward to to tomorrow so the lakers play the blazers tomorrow night 5 30 pacific time and like i mentioned really the things to look forward to are let's see if the lakers can keep up their shoot their good shooting that they had had last night if they can stay in that rhythm if we can get you know because kcp played great i'm especially considering how bad he played in game one so he went from from going over nine to then having 16 points shooting great off uh, from behind the arc. Um, so if we can have him continue on, Danny green is still kind of struggling and he's been really the, he's really been frustrating. I think is from a fan standpoint because, because Danny green is 
you know, his his role on the team is to be a three-point guy and a defender. And I get that he's getting a little up there in age for a bit for an NBA player, but he's been in these moments before. He's been in the playoffs. He's helped teams win championships. Like he he's a guy that we should, we're kind of looking to to provide that shooting expertise. His job is to make threes. And I think from a fan standpoint, it's been pretty frustrating. So last night, Danny Green, he went one for, yeah, he had three points, one for six from the field, uh, one from one for one for four from three. So another disappointing game from, from Danny Green. Um, so, you know, if we can continue to get guys like, like Danny, Danny Green rolling, it was great that, that, uh, Kuzma or, well, yeah, Kuzma played pretty well, but um, KCP. If we can just add in Danny Green, because he's a because the starting lineup we have KCP, Danny Green, Javale McGee, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Javale McGee has been playing good for his role. Anthony Davis playing great. LeBron James um, last night didn't need too much out of him, but he can turn it on when he needs to. KCP finally showed up, played well. So out of the starting lineup, really Danny Green is the one guy that that is really, really consistently struggling. So if we can get him into the fold, then then the team really will be scary. Um, and even with with Danny Green's um, poor shooting, you know, his plus minus was still 21. And I know that doesn't necessarily have to do with just him, but but while he was on the court, the team was playing well. So that goes to him. Like his defense hasn't been hasn't been bad. Like he's been his defense has been pretty good. So that at least we have that. But if we could just get a shooting, that's like the one thing. So like for tomorrow's game, looking into to the team, like just being con- staying consistent with the shooting, adding Danny Green into the fold of playing well. Um, and then even like Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Marquise Morris, if those guys can just, they're so close, just turn the, turn the corner. And I get it with, with Kuzma and Caruso, you know, they're young. Um, they need, there again, like this playoff experience is very different than the normal playoff experience, but it's still, you know, you still have all the fans, you still have like all the fans watching and all the fans commenting. And you, like, you still, you have the pressure of like winning games. Like these games really, really matter now. Um, and I'm sure there's so much pressure just with that. Um, so like there, I, I kind of understand some slow starts from them specifically, but they're still, they're playing well enough to the point where they just need to like turn the corner where they're just like really playing comfortably. Um, and this team is scary. I mean, the, the team went from looking like they could lose in the first round after game one to if they can keep up the play that they played last night, then there's no doubt in my mind that they, that they are a championship contending team. So take that, take with that what you will. Um, I'm pumped for game three on Saturday to see what the Lakers can do. Um, But hopefully it's just more of the same. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!